Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo with Stewardship and Mission of Faith, and I'm joined today by Tom DeAngelis and Rick Hackman, my uh, co-workers in the vineyard at Stewardship. How are you guys doing? Good, Rob. Good, Rob. Thanks. Thanks. All right. So for those of you who have joined us before, welcome back. For those of you who are new, again, this is Reflections from the Heart, and what we do on the program is we break open the gospel for the reading that we will hear, the gospel reading that we will, we will hear on Sunday, uh, November 16th, and that gospel is from the gospel of Matthew, Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30, Matthew 25, 14 through 30. So if you're in a place where you can grab a Bible, go ahead and do that. Uh, if you're driving, you can just uh, you can just listen along. So why don't we start with a prayer? In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear God, we thank you for your love. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for the gifts that you give us so generously. You are the giver of all good gifts, and, and you've entrusted us with a lot. And uh, we just ask you to, to help us to be good stewards of all that you've entrusted us with, our families, our friends, our you know, any material goods that you've, you've provided us with. Lord, we just ask you to, to help us to be, to be good stewards and help us to be good stewards of your word, that you love us so much that you, want, you didn't want to leave us without, a, without an instruction manual. So God, thank you for the, the gift of your word and help us to, uh, to break open that word every day so that we can hear you speaking to us. And we'll just invite the Holy Spirit as we pray. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of thy faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 And Tom, we have a... A stewardship prayer book, stewardship of, of prayer, my daily Catholic prayers, that if anybody wants one or multiple copies for yourself, your family, for a gospel reflection group, you can just contact us, give us a call, or, or send us uh, a message over the website, and we'll send those to you. Um, but there's a prayer in there called the Stewardship Prayer, which is a, a beautiful reminder of, uh, of this beautiful gift of, of stewardship. So, Tom, if you can pray in that prayer for us, I'd appreciate sure. that. Dear Lord, I pray that you give me the wisdom to guide me on this faith journey of stewardship. Help me to understand that everything I have is a gift from you. Open up my heart and my mind so that I may use these marvelous gifts to give back to you here on earth. I pray, Lord, that you welcome me into your kingdom at the end of my life and that you are pleased with what I have done with all your gifts. Amen. 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 Awesome. And Rick, if you would, please read the, proclaim the gospel for us. That's always a privilege, Rob. The reading today is from Matthew, the 25th chapter, verses 14 through 30. Jesus told his disciples this parable. A man going on a journey called in his servants and entrusted his possessions to them. 
To one he gave five talents, to another two, to a third one one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. Immediately the one who received five talents went and traded with them and made another five. Likewise, the one who received two made another two. But the man who received one went off and dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came back and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five talents came forward, bringing the additional five. He said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received two talents also came forward and said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I have made two more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received the one talent came forward and said, Master, I knew you were a demanding person, harvesting where you did not plant, and gathering where you did not scatter. So out of fear, I went off and buried your talent in the ground. Here it is back. His master said to him in reply, You wicked and lazy servant! So you knew that I harvest where I did not plant, and I gather where I did not scatter. Should you not then have put my money in the bank, so that I could have got it back with interest on my return? Now then... Take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And throw this useless servant into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks, Rick. And Tom, it's... it's it's funny how God works. Uh, when I, when we had uh, kind of came zeroed in on on which prayer to pray from the prayer book, uh, the stewardship prayer, I wasn't even you know thinking about the gospel or uh, you know. But what a what a great prayer to pray because it says in the prayer, "Help me to understand that everything I have is a gift from you." Mm-hmm. And and the word that I circled, Rick, that when you proclaimed the gospel, first word I circled was entrusted. That that God has entrusted us with, um, with everything, everything. And it's up to us to, to realize that, uh, to accept that responsibility, and to be good stewards of everything that, that he's given us. We have a, a gospel reflection every Tuesday at a nursing home, and we've been blessed these last couple months with two seminarians that are on their, um, I forget what year, it's, it's, it's a year where they go out and, and serve in the community. So these two guys are on that year, and they've been assigned as one of their assignments to the nursing home where we do the gospel reflection. So they've been joining us every Tuesday. It's such a blessing to have these young guys there joining us. And uh, and he was the one seminarian was talking about a philosophy or no a psychology teacher that used to break down words. And uh, one of the words that he would break down was was welcome. That uh, if you treat people well, they will come. Right? Welcome and and entrustment. Uh, that it's all about that God trusts us. He trusts in us. And uh, and what a beautiful, beautiful realiz- realization to have that, that that the God of the universe, the God that created, 
just everything, right? Created us and loves us so much and, and doesn't need us, but created us out of sheer love, trusts us with these gifts. And then the, the talents, you know, we can look at them as, as faith, that, that we're entrusted with the gift of faith, but we're also entrusted not only for that gift to be for us, but to go out and share that gift mm-hmm. and, to, and to put our faith into action so people can share in the gift. Um, so it's, this is a, a very, very challenging reading, very challenging reading because uh, you know, we, can't, we can't just sit on the gift that we have. Yeah, and you know the the first thing I circled was um, um, immediately, um, which is right after you know the the point that you made, Rob, about entrusting these uh, possessions to the, to his servants. The two who uh, did something with what they were given, who invested and in, and made a return on it, uh, it said that you know the parable that Jesus tells says immediately the one who received five went out. And traded with them, and likewise, the one that received two made another two. So that gives us a sense of how Jesus sees our response to our, you know, our uh, the gifts that we've been given, uh, the possessions that God has entrusted to us. Is we need to do something immediately on those things. And then, by contrast, down below, another um, thing that really jumped out at me was that, you know, when the master comes to uh, the accounting for this uh, steward for the uh, the servant that he had given one to he you know the the servant says master i knew you were a demanding person uh, harvesting where you did not plant gathering where you did not scatter so out of fear and i circled that out of fear because the first guys immediately went and did something they obviously had a, a level of trust um, that they understood what they were doing that they that they knew what they were doing they knew what their responsibility was but this but this guy, out of fear, went off and buried the talent in the ground. And it says, buried your talent in the ground. So uh, he had a good sense of what he was doing here and acted out of fear. And so the difference is when we act out of fear, we get no return on our talent um, because we don't do anything. You know, and, and of course, you know, I, I remember one of the CDs from our uh, – one of the Lighthouse CDs from our stewardship display, Father Barron said, you know, when – when we uh, when we die and and stand before our, our Maker, we would like to hear him say, "Well done, my good and faithful servant." He said, "You want to hear that? You know, you really want to hear that." So, uh, as opposed to you wicked, lazy servant. So, well, I was I was wondering. I I also circled out of fear, but then I went back to the other two, the one who received five talents and the one that received two, and it doesn't talk about what they were feeling at the time. Did they? Is it possible that they also acted out of fear of their master, knowing these same things that he? Um, yeah, and I got to lay my eyes on it here. Harvest, harvested where he did not plant, and gathered where he did not scatter. Mm-hmm. So, out of fear, maybe they also went, but they did what they did, anticipating what he would want when he came back. Mm-hmm. They had a deeper appreciation of of how he operated and what his expectations would be. Well, possibly. But is it also possible that, you know, play the other side now, did the other two, rather than out of fear, act out of love? Mm-hmm. 
the you know we 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 and scripture tells us that a fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom mm-hmm. but what does it mean by fear this last guy the third guy here he his fear was a trembling kind of like a, like a cowering dog. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. I'm not going to do anything and I with didn't, this. Yeah. I don't want to lose it, so I'll just I'll hide it and then I'll give back what he gave me so and I'll, you know, then I won't have lost it at least. But the other two I believe had the kind of fear for the master as we're instructed to have fear for the Lord with that fear not being that cowering kind of I want to run away and hide so you can't see me, but rather that uh, respect, mm. that l- a fear that comes from being afraid to disappoint yeah. our Father, our Master. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, whether, whether that's, you know, you can say that's defined as them acting out of love for the Master or simply out of the righteous kind of fear I think they, ha- they, like you said, were more in tune with what the father's desires were and, or what the master's desires were and uh, acted out of that. And, and you know, if you, if you take the parable, if you step out of the parable and apply it to, to, to life, you know, on the one hand, we can take our gifts and, and bury them and be afraid to go out and use them um, for anything, let alone for you know to do the Lord's work. On the other hand, when if we just kind of look at the world around us and see how, you know, how productive and how fruitful um, God's creation is, then uh, even just looking at that, um, and and you're right, Rick. The, you know the the scriptures say the Old Testament says, I think the Book of Sirach and and probably the Book of Wisdom too say that that uh, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And, uh, and I think it's in the Psalms also. But at the same time, it's not the end of wisdom. It's just the beginning. So to, if fear is what motivates you to, to look around, to try to figure out, to try to appreciate how the Lord operates and how we can get in sync with that and what's expected of us, then I think it's, it's very productive. But if we go bury our talents and say, I don't want to get in trouble, I don't want to make a mistake, then I think we're on the wrong track because that we don't see anything like that in you know, in Scripture, there's no bearing of talents. You know, there's well, the, just a productive. The other difference is that between the two kinds of fear, this third, um, this third servant, his fear, he was afraid of the master. He had fear for the master, but his fear was what would happen to me mm-hmm. if I lose this. His wrath is going to come down on me, and I'm going to be in trouble. So his fear generated a self-preservation. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other two, if we say they were also, they also had fear for the master, but it generated not a fear for themselves, but a, like we said, a fear of disappointment, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, disappointing him. So the focus on the first two was on the master, whereas the third one had a focus on ourselves. And now we translate that into our everyday uh, lives, uh, you know, living for the Lord. Our, is our fear of God, fear of his wrath and his retribution and, and uh, you know, what's going to happen to me? Or is it a fear of uh, wanting to do the right things to please yeah. the Lord? Yeah, and it just hit me when you said that, that, 
you know, the difference between those two fears may be the very difference in the outcomes, because if if we do believe in, you know, in the, the, the retribution of the Lord uh, and we act on that fear, then we can see from the parable that it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. If, we, if I act on that and say, I'm not going to do anything because I don't really want to make a mistake here, then what our, you know, what our reward is or, you know, our punishment in this case is, is exactly what we were, we were fearing. But if we act in a positive way based on that fear of disappointing, um, that kind of pushes us from behind in the, in the right direction as opposed to pushing us in the opposite direction. So it's a, it's a good point. It's a very good point because it's a different kind of fear and it produces a different result. Well, and we can see the results even in our world today. Uh, you know, living as a Christian, living uh, in, the, in the love and the fear, the righteous fear of our God, we are motivated to do things for him, to be obedient and to, to follow what he has laid out in his word that we are supposed to live. But there are those from other faith traditions who view God as an angry uh, God full of wrath and ready to strike them down if they aren't obedient. And we can see uh, in the world what the results of those two different kinds of fear are. And the, the word joy, I just, you know, love that, um, you know, well done, my good and faithful servant, come share in your master's joy. And I'm just thinking of that word joy, how often we, uh, how often I chase after things that I think are going to make me happy. And, uh, and then after I attain that thing or experience that thing, I need the next thing that's going to make me happy. And, and God in his, in his love and in his mercy has given me tastes of joy, right? Uh, you know, that, that pure joy. Um, and he says, you know, so that their joy may be complete. Jesus doesn't want to rob us of our joy. He wants to, he wants to give it to us and, and, and give us that joy abundantly. Um, so why don't we, if you guys have any stories to share, like when have you felt the master's joy, right? And we don't need to wait to heaven. God doesn't want us to wait to heaven. He's allowing us to share in his master's joy right now. And, uh, and it's awesome. And I'll, I'll, I'll get us started last night. We had an opportunity, and it's just so awesome how this worked out. The night before, uh, actually, no, the same night, I was at a, uh, a meeting at, at our parish when one son is receiving his first, first reconciliation, and we had a reflection before the meeting. Where there was, it was a parent meeting, and the one question was, what is preventing you and your home to uh, you know, connecting with each other as a family? And the one thing I reflected on was, you know, just the, you know, the, the busyness of our schedules. Everybody's running around with five kids, you know, busy, busy schedules. And then the lack of intentionality to carve out time just to be, just to be, not with nothing, no, no, just to be together, the seven of us in the same room. So two hours later, I'm home and completely not my plan, but God heard my heart. So that same night that I shared that with the other parents, that same night we had a moment in our living room where all seven of us were there, and my daughter just came off of a show. So they had four shows this past weekend, and it's just crazy for nine weeks leading up to it. And she's like, I don't know what to do. I, I have nothing going on. I said, don't do anything. Just hang out. Relax. And then all the other kids start coming in, and we're in the living room. We're laughing. We're 
you know, we're giggling. My daughter's like laugh, laugh, crying. She's calling it. And, and it was just such a beautiful moment of joy uh, that, that God, like I said, he heard my heart and he created it. And I think he's, he was telling me, Rob, this is what I want. This is what I want to give you and your family, your kids, that, that joy of just being together in my name with my love and my peace. Let me just, let me shower you with joy. And it's not going to come from what the world is telling you is going to give you the joy of you know, being busy and doing everything, being involved in everything. No, just be, just allow me to love you. And, and we had such a moment of, of joy that, uh, that, that God allowed us to share in. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, and I think of uh, times when I was uh, growing up as a kid where, you know, big Italian family, we'd sit around the dinner table afterwards, and, of course, none of us were in a hurry to get the dishes cleaned up or anything, so we'd, we'd <laughs> talk and gab and, you know, um, do whatever we could to try to delay the inevitable. But uh, some of those were the most joyful times that I can remember where, you know, we just start joking around and, you know, eventually it comes to an end, but, um, and I, as times when my, my children were growing up there, you know, they're grown and out of the house now, but, uh, uh, my wife and I talk about times when we would take them out for ice cream and just sit around and talk afterwards and, or take them out to the playground and, and they'd get tired and we'd be sitting in the grass and just talking and, or talking a little bit in the car on the way back. But, uh, one of the things that we're challenged with now, and it happens as the, as the children got older and got into high school and then into college, is, you know, they always have something to do. They've got a project they're working on or a paper they've got to do or that somebody's emailing them or texting them. And so we've been talking a lot as parents of adult children who come home for the holidays is how do we get a couple of those special joy-filled moments where we're just sitting around maybe sipping a glass of wine or talking and just reminisce and start laughing and crying, you know, kind of thing. And so, um, so we've been, we've been working on that. And I think some of it's just getting everybody to put their phones down or whatever, but that's a, you know, that's, that's something that we're, we've been working on. So it gets to that point of, of intentionality that if if it's, I think God wants it. I think it's God's will for us to, to be together as family and looking at each other in the eye and sharing life together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just takes that intentionality of first putting down the distractions of the phones and whatever else is going on and, and carving out that time uh, just to be, just to be. How about but, you, Rick? Do you have any but as, joy-filled as, moments? As, um, you know, the three of us being fathers and uh, finding our greatest joys in the unity of the family, spending time together. Isn't that a responsibility that God has given to us as fathers, as husbands, as the head of the household? He's given us those responsibilities that have led to that joy, those those times of joy. And isn't that exactly what he says to these first two servants in our reading? You were faithful in small matters. Okay. Mm-hmm. I will give you great responsibilities. Come share in your master's joy. Our, our joy is directly connected to those great responsibilities. Doing what God has planned and instructed us to do, um, whether, whether it's, you know, in some, you know, in our vocations, whatever that might be for each individual, um, but also in our roles as husband and father. 
those are great responsibilities. The greatest responsibilities that he's given us is for our families. And they are also the responsibilities that engender the greatest joys in our lives. Mm -hmm. So I think he, I think he, it can be hidden here if we go over it too quickly, but I think he lays it out pretty directly here. I give you great responsibilities. Come share in your master's joy. And Tom, you and I had a conversation recently, you know, within the last week, and we were talking about home life, uh, and I think you referred to the seven habits, where it talks about home life within the seven habits, um, where that if, if everything at home is... Mm-hmm is going well, then it's going to kind of spill, yeah, yeah. spill out into everything. Yeah, it does. And I'm, I'm, I don't remember the exact um, uh, place in the seven habits where it's, where it is, but it, it's definitely, you know, that, that influences the way that uh, the stability that children feel. And, and I think it affects their, you know, the way that they um, interact with their friends, you know, over a period of time. So I think that's, that's a, important thing the the interesting thing it just occurred to me when you know when you were talking Rick and, and I think it it's apropos to what we're talking about here is that my sense of those joy-filled moments is always they're always on the other side of somebody's thinking that this is kind of boring and then something happens and somebody does something dumb or one of the kids will make a dumb comment or now that my children are older, you know, that they'll, somebody will say, remember that stupid time when we were kids and we, you know, and then, then the, the fun starts. But it's always, you got to be still, you just got to be quiet, you got to wait and just let, you know, get on the other side of that. And then that's when the, I think the joy, the opportunity for joy opens itself up. But we're so concerned about being bored or not having everything go exactly the way we want, that we miss the opportunity to get exactly what we want. Yeah, you know? and, and now that you're saying that, Tom, our special moment started at the dinner table, seven of us around the table, and we were just kind of poking fun. My one son was just going around the table. like you know, I forget how it started, but like, what would we say about each person? And like, wait, what, are, yeah. like, what are each person's like, idiosyncrasies? And, and I have this thing, we call it RRR, like before they can get screens. Have you been respectful? Have you done your responsibilities? And did you do your readings? And my kids are like, R, 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 like a pirate, R. And then yeah, I allowed myself to be made fun of and laughed. And, and it just spilled over into the living room and, uh, and into a, an awesome joy-filled moment. So with that, we'll, uh, we'll sign off. Wish you all joy-filled moments. Uh, come and share your master's joy. God bless you all, and we'll, we'll talk to you next time. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717 367 On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, 
thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.